Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Well, I tell you, we're, we are in for a very real treat this morning as we have the author of Mind Shift, Breakthrough Obstacles to Learning and Discover Your Hidden Potential, Miss Barbara Oakley. Barbara, welcome to the program. Darrell, it's very nice to be here. I'm so excited to talk about MindShift, but before we jump into MindShift, could you share with our listening audience a little bit about your career, education, and background? Um, yes. Well, my own background is I've done sort of a very big mind shift uh, in what I thought I could do. In other words, I opened my eyes and realized that I was much more capable of doing some things than I ever imagined I could be. And what I mean by that is I, I grew up, well, uh, let's just say I was terrible at math and science. That's probably putting a, a nice face on it. Um, I, I just, I hated math and science. Uh, this started about, let's see, I was in... Uh, second grade and we moved and suddenly they were very far ahead of me in the multiplication tables and so I just I was no genius right it's like I can't do this stuff <laughs> and besides that I don't like it anyway and so um, you know I just kind of flunked my way through uh, elementary middle and high school math and science and the one thing I thought I could do was I thought, well, I can't do that quantitative sort of stuff, uh, but maybe I can learn a language. You know, I, I grew up in a resolutely monolingual household, and you can kind of guess what language we spoke. And I, I thought it would be unbelievably awesome to be able to speak and even think in a different language. And so at that time, there weren't college loans available, you know, easily or anything like that. And so I couldn't afford to go to college. So, but there was one way I could learn a language and actually get paid for it. And that was to join the military. So that's what I did. Um, I, uh, I enlisted right out of high school in order to study Russian at the Defense Language Institute. And I did end up work learning Russian, and uh, ultimately I ended up working on Soviet trawlers up in the Bering Sea, and uh, and so I can still um, swear quite nicely in Russian, especially when I've had a glass or two of wine. But, uh, uh, but when I reached age 26, I kind of found that recruiters were not knocking at my door saying, hey, we just love your expertise in Russian. Come work for us. Um, in, in fact, it was there weren't many job opportunities for me. So I was getting out of the military, and uh, they were going to pay uh, the GI Bill so I'd get support in college, and I thought, well, heck, you know, I'm supposed to be open to all these exciting new new opportunities and learning new things. Why don't I see if I can retrain my brain to learn math? Because that would sure open a lot of career doors for me. And it was not easy, but uh, now I'm 
uh, ironically enough, a professor of engineering. So it did work. And it also just showed me that really all of us are are capable of doing and being far more than we ever might imagine. And so that's why I wrote the book Mindshift, was to kind of travel around the world and meet inspiring people who could give some great ideas on, uh, you know, how can you learn and change and grow in your life? And so is this the, the I, I guess, the, the, the events through your life that led you to write this book, Mind Shift? And, and how does one begin this journey? Because it is a journey, isn't it? It is a journey. And I think one of the, the most helpful things is learning how to learn. And everybody says this, you know, oh, it's really important to learn how to learn. But then they don't tell you, like, how to actually go about doing this. So so I put together a course that's through University of California, San Diego, uh, that I teach with Terence Sanowski, the Francis Crick professor, professor at the Salk Institute. And it tells you how to learn. I mean, it gives you a lot of practical insight based on neuroscience that you can use immediately to go out and learn more effectively and and shows you how how to sort of leverage how your brain works in order to learn more effectively. It's not like, oh, here's a magic bullet and you'll be able to learn instantaneously. Uh, but it teaches you things like how can you well, like a lot of people don't really understand that um, when you even think about something that you don't like very much or, you're, you know, that it's not your thing, actually, it activates a portion of the brain that experiences pain. So the brain naturally skitters away from that thought, and it thinks about anything that's more pleasant, Right. But what you've actually just done is you've procrastinated. And so uh, there are ways to deal with procrastination that can be very, you know, that can really help you tackle it without activating those pain centers of the brain. And uh, so probably the most powerful of these techniques is the Pomodoro technique. And that's just set a timer for 25 minutes, turn off all distractions, no little ringy dingies on your cell phone or pop-ups on your computer, focus for 25 minutes, and then when you're done, give yourself a bit of a reward. Um, listen to a song you like or you know anything of, along those lines. And uh, it, it can be it, just that one little thing. In the course I teach, Learning How to Learn, um, we have nearly 2 million registered students. It's the most popular, largest, massive open online course around. And, oh, my goodness, they just love learning about the Pomodoro technique because it's so simple and it's so useful. Um, let's talk about, so let's talk th- about the Pomodoro all... technique. Um, can you walk us through the, the steps of the Pomodoro technique? I, you know, uh, like, as you said, 25 minutes. Uh, turning everything from the outside world off, and right. is it is it a form of meditation? It's a working meditation, and so that's you've 
hit it right on the head there. Um, you're focusing, and remember, in in many types of meditation, like mantra meditation, what you're really doing is focusing on the mantra. Well, in the Pomodoro technique, you're focusing similarly, but just focusing on your work. So when ex, you know extraneous thoughts come drifting by, like, I can't do this Pomodoro, you just let them continue to drift right on by, and you return your focus to what you're working on, which is really exactly what you do when you're doing mantra-type meditation. Um, so it's... It's actually a way of building and enhancing your ability to focus. So if you are one of those people who really has trouble with um, heading off to Facebook or checking out Twitter, and, and then once you find yourself lost on those um, in that, that type of media, it's hard to bring yourself back. Um, just doing a few pomodoros can really start helping you to build those attentional circuits so mm -hmm. you can concentrate more effectively. And within a few weeks of just doing a pomodoro, a few pomodoros each day, you'll find yourself improving. And one really good thing uh, to do is there are tons of pomodoro apps on your for your phone and just download one of those and some people just really like collecting them and it works uh works really really well and and you say it helps you to address procrastination that's right because when you procrastinate it's often because well you're thinking about something painful and so you change your brain to think about, you know, you just switch your attention to something else and you feel better almost instantly, but you've just procrastinated. So when you settle down to do the Pomodoro, what that's actually doing is you, you're, you're setting down to do 25 minutes of work. You're not setting down to do 25 minutes of um homework problems or something you, you like don't put in your mind what you're actually going to work on you just say i'm doing 25 minutes okay and and just get going on it and what you're doing is you're kind of slipping under your brain's radar where it activates the pain and you're, you're kind of avoiding that a little bit and you're just getting going on it and whenever your brain says oh this is for example, math. I don't like this. You say, I don't care. I only have to do it for 25 minutes or, you know, there's only 15 minutes to go and then I get to quit. And when you reward yourself at the end, you know, by a cup of coffee, uh, a song you like or whatever, whatever sort of comfortably uh, distracts you, that, that reward helps build in the um the idea that hey paying attention to this actually um had a payoff for me and so it starts to build in a a positive affiliation uh for that subject matter in your mind and makes it over time something more pleasant to come back to 
Right, right. You know, yesterday, uh, well, not yesterday, uh, a few days ago, um, I was participating in a conflict management seminar. And one of my co-presenters, she talked about this particular uh, amygdala hijack, if 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 I pronounced it correctly. And amygdala, yes. Amygdala, thank you. And um, in, 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 the, in the technique that she took the class through was for folks to say when something hits you that I guess you don't like, uh, to do either count accounting to 10 or 20 or to take deep breaths to bring you back into your presence because whatever the person said or did created this this negative effect for you that, or this pain and she said this uh, amygdala <laughs> I'm, I'm mispronouncing it again amygdala uh, hijack technique is will allow you to change that is this something similar or or is it in the same family or is it a, a, a different part of the brain it's a little bit different part of the brain so what's happening when well let's say that you um, that you give a presentation and it doesn't go so well. At least that's your perception of it. So you go home that night and you're like, oh, I gave this horrible presentation. You know, they're going to all judge me for this and they're going to... It, uh, you get all these negative feelings um, about it. You know, maybe you'll be... They're going to fire me and so forth. And what what's happening is your your amygdala is and many related sort of areas, but we'll just kind of lump it in as the amygdala because that's mm-hmm. part of the emotional centers of mm-hmm. the brain, or that that you know serve as a foundation for some of the emotions you feel. But it it hijacks how you feel, so you you can actually start to become really quite illogical. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. a friend of yours who might have been at the presentation would tell you something like, you know, it maybe wasn't the best presentation in the world, but it was, you know, it was good. You're not going to be fired. It's quite all right. But in your mind, your mind can like go off into la-la land and be oh, my goodness, I'm going to be fired. I, it was horrible. It, you, like, build this up in your mind. And what you're actually doing is there There are a number of different things that your brain is doing um, that make you feel really negative. So, for one thing, you're predicting and, and sort of mind-reading uh, what other people's reaction was. So... You don't really know for sure what people's reactions were. You're just kind of <clears throat> fortune telling about what their reactions were, and you're you're catastrophizing things in a way that uh, it doesn't accord with reality. So anyway, all of these kinds of feelings, um, there, there's something in cognitive therapy where you just learn the common ways that you can, um, that your brain goes awry, like by catastrophizing and by um, 
you know, mind reading of other people and by an emotional overreaction. And you learn to put a label on them. And a label, like, shifts your how your brain is working from your emotional areas to your more cognitive areas. And that, surprisingly enough, helps calm you down. Mm-hmm. I see. And let's talk about the labels. And, and when this occurs, how do you label it so that you, you're able to put this into effect where it's going to be, it's, it, to, to say it, it will be contained and it doesn't extrapolate to a very negative, thoughtful process? Right. Well, so one thing um, that I did was if if um, our listeners might go, there's a, a new massive open online course that I did called MindShift. Yes, yes. And that course, if you go into it, and it, it's free, so um, you can get a certificate if you want, but you don't have to. You can take the whole course course basically for free and in one of the videos i i step right through all of the common ways your brain can trick you into um sort of emotional overreaction and you learn the label for it and then you can take that label and and kind of consider more rationally you know, as if you were an external friend looking at what actually happened. Right. And and you can help calm yourself down. So it's, it's courses like MindShift mm-hmm. that you can learn a lot of, of these sort of mental tricks that can help get you back on track. And as I've learned... Um, with people such as yourself, a lot of times I I know you're very well aware. It's it's the mental tricks that you learn that can be most helpful in in allowing you to be successful and also to live a very happy life. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Barbara Oakley, <clears throat> the author of Mind Shift. Breakthrough Obstacles to Learning and Discover Your Hidden Potential. I must say, she is also a professor of engineering at Oakland University in Rochester, Michigan, and she is the lecturer of the world's most open, uh, excuse me, the most, uh, uh, I guess, people interested. Largest. Largest, (laughs) the the largest uh, uh, massive open online course at Coursera. And um, she has this book out called Mind Shift, and there is a Coursera course that you can take as well. And that's at Coursera.org, correct? The, uh, that's right. Uh, so if you, just, if you just Google Mind Shift and Coursera uh, or Mind Shift and Barbara Oakley, it'll, it'll come right up. But there are there, there's so much potential now for people to make terrific changes in their lives um, because of online courses like this and what Coursera does I you know of course I'm sort of partial to them but they they have about 150 of the world's leading educational institutions um, who they work with um, to to help 
give information about things we all need to learn or want to learn related to business or programming or just life skills. And it's well grounded in, you know, in research, even if they don't like make it all fuddy-duddy or anything like that, but it's, it's based on good research. And sometimes it, it's a little difficult because you'll go around online and uh, like, uh, I won't, uh, I won't say who this happened to, but like one time I was going around and I, I actually found my own course that had been loaded on a sort of a fly-by-night um, website. Um, uh, somebody just taken it and oh. and stolen it and put it all up online. So you, so unless you're on, you know, a good reputable website, it can be. Sometimes you can find. Sometimes you find good stuff, but sometimes you find not so good stuff. But anyway, it's a bit of a wild west out there, but at the same time, it's very exciting because there really is some wonderful, wonderful material that can change your life. I, I have to uh, also share that I am a huge Coursera fan. I, I got my certificate in big data analytics. I don't consider myself a master at it, even though they gave me a master badge. But um, <laughs> I, I can recall uh, two years ago when I did this, it was, it was in the summer. And I would sit down at my kitchen table uh, because I like the lighting there better than in my office at home. And my daughter would say, Dad, every Saturday you're sitting here 12 to 6. What are you doing? I said, I said, sweetheart, I am learning about big data analytics. She says, yeah, but that's what you do. I said, yes, I, I do that in my business. But now I, I'm understanding it at a deeper level. And thanks to Coursera, it, it allows you that opportunity to explore many, many new things, which I found within your book to be quite exciting, where you talk about derailed dreams that lead to new dreams, turning a midlife crisis into a midlife opportunity. This is such a, a, a this is what I call the Boy Scout book, just to improve your, your life and, and yourself and your family. Let's talk about detailed derailed dreams that lead to new dreams. What is that chapter all about? Well, that's a, a wonderful tra chapter about a, a woman uh, who I just think the world of. Her name is Princess Alate, and she's from Ghana. And Princess uh, has lived a very interesting life. Uh, she uh, was doing well in her math. She just uh, loved it in her studies, and she was heading for the university and then suddenly, her father uh, died very tragically, and the family was left bankrupt. I mean, they, they had nothing. Uh, it, it was kind of an unusual circumstance. And so her dreams of college just completely evaporated. And so she, she'd always wanted to, you know, become a public speaker or be able to express herself eloquently in, in public. And she never could. She'd just get all tongue-tied. Well, after this disaster happened, she she couldn't go to college. And so she ended up kind of forming a group to help students learn math. And so she would she was invited to speak around Ghana about what she was doing. And she, after after some months, 
suddenly people started talking about what a good public speaker she was. So here she couldn't pursue her dream of mathematics, and so she ended up sort of on the side, just not giving up or not being down in the dumps, but turning to something very positive. And she ended up learning new skills that are incredibly useful. And here's the coda to the story that I I wasn't able to include in the book because it hadn't happened yet. But she is going to be coming to the United States and doing her um, university studies in Kentucky. So I'm so excited for her. Oh, wow. Yeah. That that is beautiful. That is beautiful. You know, interesting, uh, you should mention that also – the presenter, my co-presenter, she was very good, uh, and I, I have to uh, give her credit for that. She also uh, introduced a speaker, um, the gentleman who wrote Getting to Yes, and he told he tells a story about, you know, how you can turn tragedy into triumph uh, by being a part of the community and really determining what is your skill. There was a woman in this village that, um, she, again, she was very, very poor, lived on the street. And people, I guess, would, there's something called Abraham's Walk, where people would try to relive the walk that Abraham did centuries ago. And as they walked this path, she would notice that they were hungry. And what she started to do was to prepare a particular type of meal and then the village realized that oh she can really cook and so she started to derive an income from selling these meals to the people who were doing this Abraham's walk and it enriched herself and her family and she was no longer homeless so it's just wonderful how people can transform their lives that you know again to go from tragedy to to triumph yes it really is and it's uh, whenever I'm in the dumps, sometimes I, I, I like to go watch an inspiring video on YouTube. or it, it's, it's so helpful because no matter how in the dumps you might be, there, there are people who have experienced far worse and come out of it you know, with a what with a much better attitude. And I, I think sometimes just watching those kinds of things and and learning of others inspiring stories um can uh, it it's like it it's almost like a scrub brush for my mind. It gets some of that negativity out yes. and uh, replaces it with oh, you know, maybe I can you uh sort of pursue my dreams and be more upbeat and, and be more helpful for others. Absolutely. And by the way, the name of that author was uh, William Urey, uh, and he did a TED Talk called The Walk from No to Yes. And I uh, just want to give my colleague Susan Dawson um, attribution on that because uh, she has certainly inspired me. Um, Bar- believe it or not, we're... we're we're at the close of the program. Um, what final thought? And I got to have you back on the program because there's so much more to talk about like, for your <laughs> book, for Mind Shift. Uh, but what final thoughts would you like to leave with our guests about Mind Shift? Oh, let's see. Oh, there's just so much. I I think um, there there's just so 
so much that we can do to change our own um, don't just follow your passions I, I would say you know everyone always says follow your passions but I say broaden your passions because it's it's so easy to pursue what's easy for you and to say that's what your passion is because you know you're good at it <laughs> But if you broaden your passion to encompass things that maybe initially you're not so good at, you'll find that you get better at them because some things take longer to get good at, and it will really enrich your life. And other than that, I would say just watch out for the snapping turtles. Watch out for the snapping turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Ms. Barb Oakley, the author of MindShift, Breakthrough Obstacles to Learning and Discover Your Hidden Potential. Barb, thanks so much for coming on the program. Oh, thank you, Darrell. And if anyone wants to reach you, is there a website where they can find Miss Oakley? Oh, yes. Just go to barbaraoakley.com and you'll you'll see everything, books and courses and, and uh, anything that's of help for you. Beautiful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this weekend on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. If you've missed any part of this broadcast, it will be up on iTunes U at Seton Hall University, Leadership with Darrell Gunter. We want to wish you a great weekend. And remember, leadership begins with you. <laughs>